Okay. Here we are. Here we are. Episode three. So, <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. This is Brown Burndown. Burn down. Burn down. The Brown Burn Down. So, hello, cool. hello. Welcome back. Episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is Christmas time, but we are hard at work delivering you an episode because we know you are eagerly awaiting it. And, you know, no vacation for us hardworking podcasters. Yeah, Brown Burn Down doesn't quit. We're here. Brown Burn Down doesn't quit. 24 7. So we've got a really exciting episode. It is. We've got it. We're going to take down the Trump administration today, but woo, yeah, single-handedly, single-handedly or double-handedly, between double-handedly. Yeah. Um, so let's let's just jump right into this then. Our first segment is lies we told, uh, and so this segment is to call out our own BS. So that's the purpose of this podcast is to call out BS in general, but of course. We are not perfect people, sadly, and we have <laughs> we have told some lies. Except for this episode, a special Christmas episode, <laughs> we have zero lies. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. Suck it. So suck it, haters. <laughs> Good job, us. Okay. However, we do have some lingering thoughts in our segment called Lingering Thoughts, and we're also going to add in a segment called Thoughts from Our Friends, or Our Friends Have Thoughts, because they also have thoughts. Yeah. Um, and we're happy about that. So, okay, I guess this, like, kind of is, like, it's an addendum to lies we told. It's not necessarily <laughs> a lie that we told, but I want to qualify something that I said last week. And that was specifically about the British monarchy and why it, I think I made the argument that it's it's more acceptable as a citizen of the UK to be excited about the royal wedding, for instance, than it would be to be about uh, Nick and Priyanka's wedding. But the fact that it's, I think my argument was that the taxpayers are paying for this, like, monarchy and the royal wedding and this, like, lavish celebration. Like, that is all the more reason that it's wrong. And I feel like I wanted to qualify that because, yeah, it was exciting to see that wedding and it was extravagant and... Also not, even though it was funded by taxpayers, it was not open to the public. Like, it still was a very much, like, private ceremony. And qualifier is that just because it, they're funded by taxpayers of the UK doesn't make it okay. I understand the interest, but... It's, yeah, it's super shady. And it does make a little bit of sense that they would televise and, like, create a lot of buzz around it. Give the populace access to it because in theory they deserve it because they're paying for it yeah so like yeah they televised it so that you can see where your money's going exactly it doesn't make it less wrong but right. it makes like a little more sense why they would have a publicity hoopla around it yeah so and then when we were talking about mindy um our friends have thoughts so first of all a listener listener yeah. k listener k our bestie hi k she's a dedicated listener She's our number one fan. Yeah. If you disagree, write us a review and <laughs> prove it to us. And rate us five stars. Listener K had some thoughts. Um, she saw in theaters, as I'm sure many of you did, Ocean's 8, which is sort of the 
kind of similar to what we were talking about last week about taking spaces that have been reserved for white men or men primarily and flipping them on their heads. That's what sort of the trend in Hollywood has been around redoing classic male movies and making them female-led. So they did that with Ghostbusters and they did that with Ocean's 8 most recently. Did you see, I think Anne Hathaway posted on her Instagram yesterday of this the report from some study that shows that female centered movies generate more money than male centered movies so that that's huge yeah it's awesome however while they were making a ton of strides in this movie and like it was really girl power Mindy Kaling was in it and her role was kind of as um the tech I guess sort of the like forgery work for them and sort of made you know kind of the technical piece And yet the way that they chose to portray her was not only kind of as the nerd, but also as like this stereotypical Indian jeweler trying to get away from her overbearing Indian parents, like living in India town in this city. Just the fact that she's a jeweler also, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, like Rihanna gets to be like a hacker. Yeah. And like Mindy's like a jeweler who's. Which isn't Mindy's fault, but, like, no, not is annoying fault. that she's still getting pushed into this. The other point comes from from Mandy. <laughs> and Mandy had some thoughts about our more salacious accusations of who Mindy's baby daddy might be. Yeah, we had and some she, hot speculations, if you we had some haven't great listened yet. But she pointed out that there is no name on the birth certificate of this baby, whose name is Catherine. No baby daddies listed on the birth certificate. Yeah, no baby daddies on the birth certificate, which might make sense if what you said is true and birth certificates are public record and she didn't want anyone to know who the father was. But she's going through so much length. So this father doesn't have any legal claim to this baby, right, at all, if he's not on the birth certificate. So Mandy's theory is that it could potentially just be a sperm donor, and she really wanted to have a baby, and so she... Made it happen. Made it happen. Power to her. I believe that. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a strong, like, theory number one. Yeah. I I definitely... I definitely liked our theories better. Cory Booker. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Mandy, for staring the pot. Thanks for your thoughts. Or I guess unstirring the pot. Yeah. (laughs) Telling us to stop. Watering it down. Exactly. (laughs) So, okay, now on to our favorite section. This section that we predict will continue forever, likely. um, That we're calling. Unfortunately. We're calling Priyanka Nick 2K18. And (laughs) we might have to alter it to 2K19 because I'm kind of. Well. Here we are, one week later, and another two wedding receptions, <laughs> which puts them at four, five? Yep, that's four. where we're at, four. That's where we're at, because, you know, I think, to be fair, in the month that we're in, it's December, everyone who's brown knows that this is, like, peak wedding season yes. right now, um, and you've got some tough competition to remain relevant. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, relevancy, if that's your, like, primary motive, then, yeah, throw a couple more receptions. Why not? Make them back-to-back. And that's that's the interesting thing is I think that their strategy is becoming less and less successful because I didn't read any Yahoo articles about this. I just saw it on her Instagram. I saw it on Instagram, yeah. And that does not mean that they weren't featured anywhere over the past week because today 
GQ announced that Nick is the most stylish man of the year. Mm. SMH. Okay, let's just run down who has won this in the past. Last year was Tom Hiddleston, which... Who's a dapper dude? Yeah, he's He's dapper. He's pretty dapper. Year before that was Roger Federer, which, like... Deserves oh, it. God. He deserve it in. He deserves it in perpetuity. Like he perpetuity. <laughs> Just best man. Best man ever. He. I don't know if you saw that picture of him at the Met Gala with that like gemstone snake on the back of his suit jacket. What? I did not see that. He rocked it. Like I oh, I'm very sure. few people could pull up that hideous of a jacket. <laughs> he looked so good. And so stylish. It's so polished and so classy all the time. And so kind. And so gracious. Nick Jonas. Ugh. I know. And you should definitely check out Nick Jonas's Instagram post about this because you can see there's like a cute picture of him when he's a kid and then he like has like this collage of all of his looks that are supposedly the best over the year. And they are just subpar, especially when you consider that Fed is a recent recipient of this award. It just, they're, I don't it's, it's not cute. It's not cute. He, uh, let me describe visually these looks for you. One is a denim on denim look, which is like fashion faux pas number one. Yeah. Two is him like at a subway in New York where everyone else around him is wearing like t-shirts and backpacks and he's like dressed really fancily for some reason. I hate Okay, it. anyone who wears denim on denim ever, <laughs> ever is out. <laughs> you should just never be in the running. Unless it be Roger Federer. Roger Federer could wear a denim on denim. This is our oh. very subjective take on this. But. <laughs> so GQ voters do, do better. better. So now into the main event. This week, as promised, we are talking about Indians slash Indian Americans in the Trump administration or generally Indian Americans who have done well with Trump and who are on his good side. And... We are excited about this because it makes us really mad, and we want to talk about it. So we wanted to kick things off kind of chronologically by starting with the Indian Americans who, like, four years ago, maybe five, were the only Indian Americans that you could think of when you thought about politics. Spoilers, they're all Republicans. Spoiler, they suck. Yeah. Uh, and those two are Bobby Jindal and Nikki Haley. Okay, let's just describe, for people who don't know who Bobby Jindal and Nikki Haley, like who they are, uh, what they've done to make themselves known, and like where they are right now. And so Bobby Jindal, lies Bobby told, not his real name. He's, <laughs> he's Piyush, okay? <laughs> we should just call him that. Well, maybe that's disrespectful. Is it disrespectful? Maybe, like, it's if it's disrespectful to, like, not believe in evolution. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. Good point. So, Bobby, <laughs> a.k.a. Piyush Jindal, he has very humble beginnings. You know, his parents are immigrants. He's raised as a first-generation American, much like us. And he's very bright, right? Like, we have to give him that. He's a smart kid. Uh, he goes and studies at Brown. Studies biology and poli sci. He's like accepted to a bunch of medical schools, um, but turns them down because he wins the Rhodes Scholarship. Like casual, super smart. Okay, uh, the irony here is that he did study biology and later goes on to like 
allow evolution to not be taught in Louisiana public schools. So what? At Brown. So he really learned evolution. He really learned evolution. Yeah. And the other upsetting thing that happened to him at Brown is that I think he kind of learned that if he whitewashed himself or assimilated more into Christian American culture that he could get ahead. So he gives up his Hindu heritage. He's raised Hindu. He's Christian in high school, becomes Catholic in college. Bobby becomes his name at some point in that trajectory. Get the point though, right? He's and I think we see him sort of rise through the ranks. And I think the the biggest um, public indication of how he actually views himself at this day is from his like official portrait, which Rob showed me, and it's hilarious. It is just a it's a white man. Like he yeah. is a brown person, but this official portrait that he has commissioned is, or I guess it's an unofficial portrait, um, but it's him just with like pale white skin zero melanin no melanin okay so we should also say that bobby jindal is most recently his highest political office has been the governor of louisiana and he had aspirations to run for president even and in 2016 he was going to run i think he he was in the Republican primary for a little bit. A hot he was, second. He was polling at 1%. He was uh, campaigning in, like, the Popeyes slash Chick-fil-A, and uh, he didn't make it very far, but... He most- didn't, but he did grant us this amazing announcement video of, like... It was him telling his kids that he was running for president, and they put, like, a hidden camera up from a tree at a very randomly high angle and they're like looking down at the like kids and the wife telling them (laughs) that he's gonna run for president and it felt like the first cut of something that should have been edited out but it was basically like his kids are like he's like I'm gonna run for president like how do you guys feel about it and they're basically like um like okay I guess like not into it not Not looking excited at all they know their dad has zero chance ever making it okay so i guess like our our problem with bobby is that he has conveniently used his uh indian ethnicity to his advantage to be Mm -hmm. this like token brown person in the gop but at the same time he's conveniently also just washed away every indian part of who he is which is why he's successful right i think it's pretty impressive that louisiana obviously in the deep south had a brown governor for a significant amount of time he was reelected yeah um however part of his charm is that he's like scrubbed himself of that brownness right like that's he converted to christianity he goes by bobby he like is part of these american institutions he doesn't believe in evolution like he is a reformed immigrant that's the dream right right it's like exactly immigrants will assimilate in yeah. every single way possible right exactly he's living that out but at the same time, it's he is assimilating and then further like perpetuating the idea that Christian like whiteness in America gets you farther than yep. immigrant brownness. And for a while, he was right, right? I mean, we'll talk about what things stand as today, but he is the first. Well, I don't know if Nikki was first or if he was first, but he's one of the first brown politicians on the scene in the United States. So his 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 bet paid off yeah exactly yeah bobby jindal the first elect indian american elected governor in the united states 
side note, the Bobby comes from his favorite character on oh, yeah. the Brady Bunch. It's like, I watched Full House growing up, so I go by Stephanie now. <laughs> the next item on this list of pre-Trump is Nikki Haley, but she's kind of a good segue into the Trump administration Trump. also. So She's pre and post. Exactly. Okay, so, of course, Nikki's not her real name, in case if you didn't guess by now. No surprise there. Maiden name uh, is Nimrata Rondova, and she changed her name to Haley when she got married, but went by Nikki for most of her childhood. Um, and she is white passing. She is full Indian. Both her parents are Indian immigrants, I think, but she is white passing. So, big thing about Nikki is that she's the first Indian American to hold a cabinet-level position Ever. Ever. And that's, yeah, 2016 is the first time that's happened in the history of America. So crazy. Um, Thanks, Trump. Prior to, so the cabinet level position that she had was a UN ambassador, right? LOL. She was preceded by Samantha Power. (laughs) Samantha Power. Who we love. Uh, Before getting appointed as ambassador, she uh, was the governor of South Carolina. One of the big things happening while she was governor was around the um, Confederate flag. I'm sure we all remember those conversations. And one of the big kind of so-called victories for her was that she had initially said that the flag should still exist outside of the Capitol building in South Carolina. She was all for the flag initially, but then when the debate in the Charleston, the, the debate was sort of like, reignited which is so ridiculous that this is what caused anyway that's a whole other thing um but after the the shooting in the charleston church this debate was reignited about that the flag's history of racism and how displaying it was perpetuating that and she finally after a lot of debate went on said that the flag should be removed and that was sort of a big victory however the way that she sort of phrased this decision was quote there's a place for that flag but it's not in a place that represents all people in South Carolina. So my interpretation of what she's saying there is that the flag is still valid and what it represents is still valid and people are allowed to still have it and sort of like believe what they want to believe. We're just not allowed to put it in front of the Capitol building because that's like a little bit, it, it, it is racist. And so we can't like do that because that's offensive, but like yeah. you can do whatever you want with it in your own house, so which she, is still problematic. It's, it's almost more problematic because she acknowledges that it's racist and it represents racism, but is still okay with it being a thing. And yeah. not on the basis of like, I guess maybe it, it ties into like first amendment rights and like freedom of speech and stuff, but it's like, you're acknowledging that this is offensive and racist and it is from a time in U.S. history that we don't want to repeat. But somehow out. that experience, like, portrayed her as, like, a liberal-ish conservative. She's, yeah, and then she's invited to give the rebuttal after Obama's last State of the Union. Some parallels between her and Bobby. They also, she, she also identifies as a Christian, even though she had was raised Sikh. Um, and was sort of practicing in some capacity even after her wedding. Oh, she yeah. had a Sikh ceremony at her wedding. She also had a Methodist one, but she also had a Sikh one. Sadly, her rise 
came as fast as her fall. And she was basically accused of accepting private flights from like, the South Carolinian businessmen. <laughs> Sketch. So... So she, she gone. She gone. And, I mean, she denies that. She says that the report that she was accepting these flights came out after she resigned. And we could fact check this whole thing, but... Eh, it's, shady. It's pretty shady to have those two big, significant events in your life within, like, a two-week span. So, Nikki, do better. I mean, and also shady that she was, like, an active participant in the Trump administration, even after she was one of the vocal opponents... Mm-hmm. Of Trump up front. Yeah. Like, yeah. morals, whoosh, whatever. whatever. Goodbye. <sighs> so anyway. Nikki has benefited in the same way that Bobby has by her Indian heritage, right? It's yep. We see this the similar pattern of using your immigrant identity to, to make a place for yourself in the GOP, but at the same time compromising everything about your heritage and ethnicity, adopting white christian culture in order to get ahead yeah and it worked again like there are no examples of people in the same time frame on the democratic side who were similarly successful but like the one example um in the obama administration when we were doing granted minimal research was cal penn mm-hmm. which is not his real name also i feel like but um it's, it's culpin something yeah Calpin worked in the White House. He was a former associate director of pub- like uh, the White House Office of Public Liaison. So he was not even that senior. He wasn't that, yeah. I think this it was just kind of like a thing he wanted to do, you know? And he was like sort of famous. Okay, so then we go to Trump, right? The 2016, mm-hmm. the worst year of our lives. And mm-hmm. since we've seen so many Indian Americans slash Indians, uh, succeeding with Trump in office. And it was weirdly part of his campaign strategy to appeal to Hindus specifically, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I think is playing into his anti-Muslim rhetoric that is obviously, unfortunately, something that some Hindus ascribe to as well. Yeah. Um, which also doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense, and... There is a whole Republican-Hindu coalition, apparently, mm-hmm. um, and featured on the site is, like, this book that someone wrote that Newt Gingrich wrote the foreword to of how, like, the Trump campaign successfully galvanized Hindus to vote for Republican for the first time, which my brother says is not true, that uh, Indian Americans were, like, the third, the third most pro-Hillary ethnic group. yeah. I believe that. But this Hindu Republican coalition campaigned for Trump. He came to their rally. They're headquartered in New Jersey. Uh, He came to their rally. He spoke in Hindi. Hindi, quote unquote. Yeah, it's like a train wreck. (laughs) So cringeworthy that you can't look away. He got roasted for it and probably inadvertently got more publicity for that. Like he was on Jimmy, it was spoofed on Jimmy Kimmel. He got a lot of attention for this and it was pretty much established that he had a pretty good faction of Indian Americans that were going to vote for him that identified as Republican, right? And he, in general, I think like since he has been in office, like there, there has been a lot of like Republican strategy uh, around uh, garnering support from Indian Americans and pitching to this conservative Indian base 
it's definitely a pattern, and I think it is a lot of the basis for why so many Indians are in high positions in Trump government. And I think yeah. a lot of it is in the conservative, like, anti-Muslim sentiment. Yeah. You should not be prejudiced. You should not be anti-Muslim to begin with. Yeah. And even when you are, you're still, like, being dumb. Like, it's just, like, ugh, there's so many problems with that. The, the whole argument is just based on s- such a ridiculous position that's just so wrong. Just wrong. It's just wrong. Just don't be racist. Guess who, in the Trump administration, we've seen characters. The list is long. and there's The a list really is good, too long. There's a really good article in Forbes that uh, breaks down basically every brown person. But some of the most prominent ones that come to mind are Ajit Pai, who, okay, TBH was appointed by Obama, Obama right? Yeah. But Trump appoints him as the FCC chair. And I think primarily because of the the net neutrality stance yeah. that he took. Okay, so Ajit Pai is chairman of the FCC, right? Um, mm-hmm. Also, humble beginnings, like from Parsons, Kansas, and goes to Harvard and U Chicago, and like all of these people, they're very qualified. Like if you look at them on paper, they they're legit. Um, Didn't Ben Carson also go to Yale and, and like Michigan for med school? He's like yeah, he's a very accomplished neurosurgeon. Like he's. He has, like, a technique named after him. <laughs> That's so frightening. So, eh, these degrees mean nothing is the bottom line. <laughs> um, so, Ajit Pai, he, uh, because of his stance on net neutrality, he wanted to end neutra- net neutrality, and he was the like, deciding vote when the FCC ended up voting about it. Um, it's since been, the House didn't support it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it's... I don't know if he views it as a success or not. I'm not entirely sure about that. But he became kind of a household name when that debate was going on, right? Um, But basically, he's, like, very pro-business and pro-corporations controlling everything. Exactly, exactly. Another prominent brown person in Trump administration is Rod Shaw, who's deputy, deputy press secretary. He fills in for... Our girl, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So we know that he's truthful and honest <laughs> and overall a great dude. Yeah, he does spin for Trump also on uh, CNN and stuff. So uh, generally another despicable human, you know. He's climbed his way up the conservative ranks. Uh, don't have anything else to say about him. Besides he sucks. He exists. <laughs> he exists. He's a brown person and he is at times, the face of the Trump administration, which is a pretty big deal for... Which could be such a great big deal of, like, America is being externally represented by brown person. And, like, the head of Ireland, isn't he of Indian origin, too? Yeah, he's... other... Yeah, he's, like, half Marathi. Yeah, there's, like, other heads of state that... there's, There's more visible brown or... People of brown origin out there... So even having a brown person represent the face of our government wouldn't be such a huge, crazy thing even now. But the fact that it's first coming from this sort of really racist government is so sad and bad and confusing. And I I just I don't understand. And it also makes me upset that the Obama administration was so lacking on brown representation. Yeah. Because you just see the parallels. There are so many names on this list. 
um, of Indians in the Trump administration, Indian Americans in the Trump administration. And when we were looking in the Obama administration, there was very few. Yeah. And the ones that you'd heard of are like Cal Penn, who turns out has this like very administrative and not particularly right. influential role. Exactly. I think there were there were probably a handful of Indians in Obama's administration, but they were primarily in like lower ranking positions. Like I yeah. think this is probably the first time that we are seeing so many Indian people in high positions in the, the administration. Like even cabinet level positions, right? Yeah. So like we said, it's what's driving this, it's, I think it's important to talk about it because um, because I, I think it just, it, first of all, it shows what it took at this point in time to be successful as a brown person in politics was to sacrifice your heritage primarily is what Nikki and Bobby had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's to adhere to the controversial brand of ideology. Like it's not, I don't think there were a ton of people. I still don't think there are a ton of people like running to be part of the Trump administration. Hence, you have, like, Hope Hicks, who's, like, what, 26, running yeah. communications. Exactly. Because there just aren't a lot of candidates and even fewer qualified candidates. So if you're willing to sort of, like, shift your, you know, social moral compass a little bit and right. then go, like, I think there are plenty of Indians who identify as, like, this conservative. conservative. Right, exactly. And it's about embracing being the – embracing the fiscal conservativeness and not really caring about social issues yeah. at all. Which, at the heart of the day, like, being a brown person in the U.S., like, the social issues are going to affect you just as yeah. equally as the fiscal issues, right? And yeah. yeah, money matters. But also, like, your day-to-day life, like, whether the fact that you have a heartbeat or not matters. And, like, the social issues control that, right? Your yeah. safety, whether you're discriminated against whether you have access and choice, like, these are basic human rights that this administration does not endorse. And apparently neither yeah. do these Indian Republicans. And it's also, like, we've talked about how minimal representation of Indians in the public sphere are generally, whether it's the media or it's in government. If these are the only role models that, like, young children have or, like, the only visible faces of brown people in, you know, the newspaper, that's so harmful. That's yeah. so detrimental to what people's perception of... Indian Americans are to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And I guess this is a good segue, though, into highlighting the that there are Indian Americans in American politics right now who are doing a wonderful, amazing job. And, like, they are the glimmer of hope that, that we can kind of ride That on. the left is changing. Yes. And that um, there's more space for Indian Americans on the side of good. Yeah, exactly. So we have, like, Kamala Harris, uh, who okay. is awesome. Her mom is from India. Her mom is from she's India. She's Indian. She's Indian. Half half India, half black. Um, yeah. And, I, okay, so the, just the fact that that's her name and she hasn't changed her name, I think is huge, right? She's not Nikki. She's not Bobby. She's not Millie. She's <laughs> she's just not. And she's, she, I think... We talked about how she's she's benefited from having a name yeah. that's not Karen or Millie. Right. You know, like she she is diverse. She does not make a secret of it. It's um she comes from a variety of cultures. She I think identifies probably more with the black community than she does with the Yeah, she went community. she went to Howard. Like that that makes sense. Yeah. Um but, but yeah, she she didn't have to change who she was mm-hmm. to be successful. successful. And now she's 
possibly running for president. Um, Hashtag Harris 2020. Yeah. Uh, there's Pramila Jayapal, who's the congresswoman from Seattle, uh, who is in, I think was born in India. I think she's from Tamil Nadu. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see people like these awesome women. Also, let's talk about how they're all brown. Yeah, they're all women. Yeah. Uh, so There's also Ro Khanna, who's not a woman. He's oh, from yes. the Bay Area. He's cool, too. He's a congressperson. A congressman. But the um, list is pretty short. But the list, yeah. The list of, like, elected Asian officials is a Wikipedia page that has very few entries. The list of Indian origin elected congresspeople is not even its own Wikipedia page because yeah. those are them. We just listed them it's all. just in the... So... Really cool. There's definitely more work that needs to be done. Yeah, anyways, there's there's hope on the left that more brown people will emerge. Uh, but it's very frustrating to see how much faster the right sort of took brown people as their successful converts, as poster children for assimilation. Yeah. Makes me mad. Makes us really mad. And, uh, okay, so... So go, if you are a brown person, go to your local... City Hall and run for something. Yeah. Wait, that would actually... I'm super into that. Just have, like, brown people everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) Do it because we can't. Yeah. Or we don't want to. (laughs) So, thanks for getting political with us today. Yeah. Sorry, there was minimal pop culture in there. However, go watch the tree video because that is pop culture in and of itself. Yeah. The... Hindu Republican Coalition book on their website is 100% <laughs> pop culture. They cite tweets from Eric Trump in there. So, it's not great. even good ones. Not even good ones. It's great. Um, and honestly, Wikipedia pages for anyone we talked about, personal life sections on their Wikipedia change, pages are very juicy. So, enjoy. Check it out. You're welcome. So, hot takes. Hot take. Okay, hot take for this week. A short one. It's short but relevant because it's the holidays. It is the holidays. All Christmassy it's and Hanukkah y, I guess. Yeah. Kwanzaa y. Yeah. However, however, not, there are no holidays for Indos. Yeah. Why? It's, yeah, why? Why Why is this a thing? I guess, I. okay, I love this time of year. I love Christmas yes. lights. I love. Christmas traditions. In my yes. family, we put up the same like plastic Christmas tree ever since I was like a baby, and it's Aww. super fun. But it's a reminder every year of Christian dominance, especially in the U.S., especially like around the world. The fact that we get is Trump just announced that the twenty fourth is a federal holiday. Also, he announced this like last oh, week. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, Christmas Eve is nothing. It's just the day before Santa comes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're a little bit salty that. Yeah, we know that we understand that it's our legal right that if we want to take day off on Diwali, for instance, to celebrate with our family, we could. But who does that? You feel guilty because the the people would assume that you're taking the time off because you're praying all day or you're doing something religious as you might be doing for Ramadan. Yeah. However, you're not for Diwali. <laughs> yeah. Like I accept that this is a long period of holiday where I can go to Mexico and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But also I would like to either be more inclusive. So let's just say everyone gets Diwali off. Give every major religion like a day. A day least. off. Yeah. 
Yeah. That feels fair. Even, like, just factoring it in that, okay, yeah, so Christmas is a federal holiday, but maybe, like, individual companies could work out a way to give everyone, like, a religious holiday that doesn't get counted as, like, one of their sick days or PTO, right? Like, it is just And it's not like you're the only one who's taking it, so, like, you're going to get behind in work if you decide to take it, and everyone's going to be mad at you. Yeah. It's something that is recognized. I feel like, like, the Googles and Facebooks of the world should get on this. Yes, exactly. You know that their population is 50%. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Exactly. And as is evidenced by this episode also, Indians are literally everywhere. We've got them (laughs) in South Carolina, Louisiana, Kansas. So, we're out here. We out here. Give us our holidays. (laughs) And on that note, happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. Until next time. Yeah.